Hello and welcome to the two-year anniversary episode of Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Sherjarko, and my frequent co-host, and also my husband, Winston Shaw, joined me for this episode, which happens to be a Valentine's Day episode, to talk about one of our favorite pastimes, game night. We love playing board games here at Casa Pairing, and so I thought it would be fun to do a little roundup of our favorites, and I could pair wine with them. We also would love to hear about some of your favorite games that you like to play, so please let us know what your favorites are. It was just the Oscars the other night, so I'm in a thanking kind of mood. I can't believe that it's been two years since we released our first episodes. Holy smokes. And there are so many folks to thank. First and foremost, to our patrons, especially our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Alison Turi, and Jacob Penfold, all of whom I would want on my team when fighting an elder god in Eldritch Horror. And to our advanced producers, Mara Zobrist and Michael Beck, both of whom I would forgive in an instant if they turned on me in betrayal at the house on Haunted Hill. If you would like to join these miraculous people and get all sorts of bonus content starting at just $1 a month, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Next, I would like to thank all the folks who have contributed their precious time and talent to pairing. First, to Julia Schifini, who has helped me with some of the editing, to Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey, who lent their artistic talents to our amazing logo, and most of all, to Winston Shaw, who is really the heart behind this show. Even though you don't hear him in every episode, this show wouldn't exist without him, and I am just so grateful. Most of all, I am grateful to all of you for listening. This show is a passion project for sure, and it can be hard to keep up with at times, but I am so grateful to all of you who listen and who have reached out to me with feedback, comments, or questions. I love being able to reach people with pairing, and I hope to do so for a long time to come. Without further ado, here is episode 57, Game Night. Sometimes it does that word thing. Ah, you touched me too many times. Well, that's because the gremlin in there that turns the wheels gets... That makes so much sense. When you wake it up. Makes so much sense that there's a gremlin living within yeah. the sound devices when, unit. You know, when you're an engineer, you learn things. Yeah, like I know. Professional, professional sound recordings. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, hello there, and welcome back to Pairing. Um, Winston, welcome back. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you for having me back. Oh, of I course. Always it. a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, this is actually going to be released to the day, I believe two years after our first episodes were released. Aww. And Queen, of course. The studio manager. It, would, it wouldn't be complete without the studio manager, so let's, here she let's is. Let's say hi to our neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> it's Queen. It's Queen. <laughs> <laughs> but so the reason why I remember the date is because this is going to be released on Valentine's Day. Mm. And I just remember that. Is there a Kiki now? Yeah. Oh. Everybody's here. Kiki's yeah. here. It's a family recording session. It is session. a family recording session. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Uh, Kiki, are you going to be quiet or are you going to chew on wires? It's a festivist we'll miracle. See. We'll see. We'll see. But so, 
you know, Valentine's Day, I know, is a kind of mixed bag for people. And and I and I have no intention of of trying to make this sappy or uber oh Kiki's leaving. This is just a whirlwind yeah, I mean, whirlwind you know, beginning. Family. <laughs> Kiki says this is too much pressure. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It's true. Um, she wants to please. Well Queen is just gonna have a bath here in the corner. But so I thought it would be fun for our two year anniversary and Valentine's Day episode this year to talk about wine and board games. Basically, a board game night, because I think that that can be a great activity, whether you are hanging out just with your significant other, if you're like us, and when you hang out, you mostly play board games, or um, or if you're just hanging out with some friends, or what, or what have you. So um, I thought it would be fun if we talk about some of our favorite games, and... Um, and so we'll talk about some of those that we like to play. When you listen to this, hit us up. Let us know what are your favorite board games, and um, and then we'll pair we'll pair wine with some of them. Well, that so sounds perfect. I think that I think that should be fun. You know, we talked about D we had the D and D episode, yeah. but we haven't really talked about gaming since then. So also, that's... board games so hot right now. Oh, so hot right now. Oh my god. Omg. There are a <laughs> uh, pardon my French fuck ton of board games out there That's right the now. That's the technical term. That is the technical yeah. term, I believe. One fuck ton. One fuck ton is, um, um, is, is the amount currently. It's, it's several uh, metric tons. Yeah. But, okay, so I thought we could start with... Oh, now she might want to go out. Okay. See, Queen Queen you know? is leaving. Nope, she just wants the just option. Look at, look at the door. There you go. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll see you in okay. like 15 and, seconds. And then there were two for a minute. So we, Winston and I, love to play board games. And yes, I do, do have to give you credit for that for me. I mean, I always liked playing board games as a kid, but I didn't realize that it could be fun as an adult until I met you. And we started playing board games with our friends Andrew and Sarah a whole bunch and it was uh it was it, it, it's just a delightful pastime I think was that really it for you and when, when we started playing I think games so with them? I think so because before that you know I would play like cards against humanity and you know games like that in big party settings but not even a Catan <sighs> no I think no I remember the first time I played Catan was with you was with you, Shelby, Dave, Ellen, and Steve uh, in in Brooklyn. Wait, aren't there only supposed to be four people in Catan? Yeah, I wasn't playing. Oh. And maybe it was just Ellen. Maybe Steve wasn't there. That's one or of those maybe things we you played only do on when teams. you first started dating. Like, no, you guys play. I'll just watch. Or I think we might have played <laughs> on teams or something. Anyway, well, that's a great one to start with. Let's start with Catan. Yeah. Because Catan's a classic. Of course. And, um... And, you know, for those of you who haven't played Settlers of Catan or Catan, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure that I think it, I think it's really up to you, but basically it's a game where you pick territory. You, you, you describe it. I mean, yikes. Um, We don't need to go into too much detail. I don't want to go into like intense detail with all of these games. You build stuff. You don't necessarily fight with each other, except that you're trying to uh, build the most stuff. With uh, a wide variety of resources, you got like five different kinds of resources. There's a lot of trading 
There's yeah. a lot of like, hey, you yeah. got a brick? Go fish. There's a go fish quality to it. And there's also a random like monopoly quality to it yeah. in that every every number of the two dice mm-hmm. roll corresponds to like a different resource that you can get yeah. based on where you are. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you want to like, you know, max, you want to get 10 points. Yeah. But it's also fun if you're just like, I've built the Brick Town. Yes. All hail Brick I Town. am the Lord of <laughs> Sheepton. Yeah, but, exactly. But but um Woodsboro. Yes. <laughs> and I have yet to win a game of Catan. So I, I think and I've I, won one, and maybe. I, I think you've won a few. I think at least that I've been been there for. But I I have never I have yet to win, but I do enjoy the game very, very much. But it's like a German game from the seventies. Oh. It is old. Yeah, it's an old it's, Relatively. A, it's a classic. It's not like it's risk, a classic. risk or chess old, but it's Right. I think chess is older than risk. Much, much, <laughs> yes, I know, but like, okay, I'm going back generation okay. by generation. Okay, okay, gotcha. And before gotcha. chess, it was like you just throw rocks at each other. Yeah, that was it. That was. <laughs> but you're different colored rocks. Different colored rocks, yeah. and that's how that's actually how checkers started. Yeah, that's but, paintball. Yeah, that's yeah. how paintball is. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so Catan Catan is fun because, you know, it's kind of in some ways it's cooperative and but in some ways, I mean, you're you're it's not cooperative in the sense that you're like trying to win together, like you you're trying to win individually, but you have to kind of work together to do it. Yeah, cuz you're not going to have all the stuff you need. Yeah, so, so you got to make deals at some point. Yeah, and so you don't want to piss people off too much. And so I'm trying to think like what a good a good wine that like I'm not going to pair like a specific wine with it necessarily, but I will pair the the feeling which I sometimes am guilty of having when like you share a wine, like it's a wine that you bring to share, but then you realize that you when you have a glass of it that you really really like it and you realize you don't actually want to share that much of it, you want to keep most of it for yourself. <laughs> I think whatever whatever wine that is for you, that that that's a good wine to share with Catan because it's a, it's about, you know, sharing and trading, but also kind of making sure you keep some for yourself. Yeah, I I wasn't um... I mean, growing up here in Santa Fe, there was like, it was rotating house parties where it was like some of us were underage and there was like two people that could buy alcohol and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and you would, sh- we would show up to these parties where we'd be like, yeah, here's all this cheap beer. We bought a bunch of hams or paps mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be like, and here's the six pack of the thing that we're hiding in the dishwasher. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That would just be for us. Exactly. Like, it's winter, so we'll just we'll hide this right by the garden hose. Yeah. And I I am that <laughs> jerk. I'm definitely that jerk who when I go to a party, I usually bring at least two bottles of wine. One that I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is fine to share with everybody. And one that I'm like, I know that I want to drink this and this might be just for me. Because you're like, here's my nice (laughs) bottle of wine. And they're like, great, put it next to the Charles Shaw. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't want to. Yeah. So that, that is what I would, what I would pair with Catan. So be snobby and selfish towards your friends. Yeah. Is the, (laughs) is the, is the, <laughs> but also bring the cheap bottle that you're willing to share. Yeah, and yeah. use it to trade for something more valuable. Exactly. Like the hose garden beer. Exactly. Exactly. I love this. <laughs> um, okay. Life lessons. That's yeah, life lessons. Life lessons here at Pairing Podcast. 
We're going to tell you how to live your life. And okay, so that's Catan. Um, and then, so this is something that I know we've mentioned before. This is a very different style of game, but because we were talking about cooperative games, one of our favorite games, if not our favorite game, yeah. is a game called Eldritch mm-hmm. Horror. Never heard of it. You never heard of it. Whoa. <laughs> um, so, so Eldritch Horror, I'm going to let you mostly describe it also because you do a great job. With the storytelling of Eldritch Horror. And that's... But it's sort that. of Lovecraftian. Yeah. And, and like, you're, you know, so basically you're, there, there are, in the, in the base game, there are four different Elder Gods. And they're all based on Lovecraft. Yeah. And so, so you're, so like... Tulu, mm-hmm. Shabnigurath, Yaxothoth. Azathoth. Azathoth. I think. Later there's Yig. This oh, Yig is so hard to beat. Super Ugh. hard. But so we love this game for a couple reasons. One is that it's 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 actually you can play it pretty and it's still pretty fun with just two people. Because you can play multiple characters. Yeah, you're all you moving can, people around. Yeah, and, and so and you're moving people around the whole planet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's way more fun if you have other people, of course. Though I don't think we've ever played with more than. Because I think you can technically we played, play. I, well, I did that at my bachelor party. Actually, oh, we played with like right, seven or eight right. people, and it was just like, well, all right, four people fell asleep immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, four it's, people it's playing a, one character is great, but two people playing two characters each also really works. It's also and it's kind of fun, and it can kind of keep you more interested yeah. as well because you're like, oh, I've got two different people to keep yeah. track of, and you're reading story cards to each other. Yeah, it's really fun, especially if you're if you're nerds like us and yeah. and like are into telling these kinds of yeah. stories. Um, like deep in the stalactite e- maze. Yeah. You come across the unbearable eyes, blagger. Yeah. And now you have to do a thing, you know, yeah, and you test roll your dice. observation. Yeah. And yeah. It's great. It's really it's a great fun. game. It's by the same people who make Fury of Dracula, which. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, yeah. Which well, that's I would cool. Also like to play. They also make Arkham Horror, right? Yes. Which... And, and that's like a pure dice rolling game. Oh, is it? There's really. I mean, you move people around there's uh-huh. stuff to do but uh-huh. it's not like you're buying boat tickets and moving pieces around the board and acquiring equipment uh-huh. arkham horror is really more about like solving the oh no maybe i'm thinking of eldritch sign or something maybe like that. i'm not sure but arkham horror sure. really is very confined into the okay. one asylum uh, oh i see i and see that was very popular so they yeah. were like hey eldritch horror right and Eldritch Horror is much more expanded. Yeah, and there's a bazillion expansions. Yeah, it. yeah. But it's all like your explorers in the 1910s to 20s. Yes. You know, taking um, trains and boats around to try and fight demons, and it's pretty cool. I believe that there is a bonus mini episode on the Patreon of Winston reading a story that he wrote based on a game of Eldritch Horror that we played. Yep, definitely. Um, I might have to, I'll bring that back on the Patreon. Um, So I'll repost it on the Patreon for this episode. So so our patrons can experience the brilliance that is Winston's storytelling. Um, It is... Yeah. Quite and he it's a story he wrote in like ten minutes. It's amazing. It involves me pretending to be a, a black jazz musician who's also yeah. a wizard. Yeah, one of the So you know 
prepare yourself. For yeah, that. yeah. One of the characters <laughs> I, which Winston often I'm sorry. plays. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Um, one of the one of the characters who Winston often plays is um, is a character called Jim Culver. He's amazing. Yeah, but he's yeah. Yeah. So they're all kind of like that. He's like a New Orleans Jazzy, 1940s yeah. jazz musician. He's who... like young young Satchmo if young Satchmo had to more often than he did fight the devil. Yeah. 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 Totally. And and I have a few favorites, uh, favorite characters. That you... so, so basically there's like 12, I think. Yeah, in the characters base game, in the like, base game, and they're that all you'd... fun archetypes. Yeah, definitely watch the racist stereotypes. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, there. Oh yeah, there's definitely some racist stereotyping going on. Um, so there's like a fat white dude called Charles Kane, who's, who's a politician, and yeah. his whole thing is he can like buy stuff for other people. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, and there's, there's, there's the actress, yeah. and and the redeemed cultist, and it it's just it's really it's really the spy. fun. Trish the spy, Trish the spy, yeah, Lily cool. Chen, um, who's the martial artist? Surprise, surprise. Yeah. But um, but it's a really fun game, and um, and with for this game, it's it's a commitment. Like most of our games, oh, like yeah. the game itself takes at least half an hour to set up. And yeah, I mean, you got a million different decks, a million different decks of things, and it's D and D in a box. Yeah, pretty much. If you don't want to commit to a whole D and D thing campaign, then you can just play D and D in a box in some of these games, and it takes a whole Sunday. Totally. But you and your significant other, or you and your friend, can just play these games. Yeah. And there's all these scenarios, and there's a lot of replayability in those scenarios. Yeah, yeah. And you just that's what you do. You just sit there and play it, and you cook dinner, and then you come back, and you... yeah, it's good to take breaks between. And so, yeah. for 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 Elder Torah, I feel like, you know, this is a cooperative game, but this is a game that like people have to commit some time yeah. to. Also, so, it's hard to beat. Yeah, some of them are really really hard. Yeah, because... yeah, and so, but so in terms of wine, this is one that I would want to bring like a magnum of something nice to this game because we're going to need something to get us through this. Our horn of mead. Yes, our horn of mead. But, like, I'm thinking, you know, you don't want anything too boozy because, like, it takes a while. Yeah. But you're, but, like... um, None of this falling asleep at seven stuff. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh. But I'm thinking, like, I have... Somebody gave me this magnum of Beaujolais that I have downstairs and I, I've had it for like two years now, and I've got to open it at some point. And I think a good occasion to open it would be at Eldritch Horror Game Night. Yeah. Because everybody deserves some good wine, but Beaujolais is not too high in alcohol. It's nice and quaffable, but it's a red wine. And so there's something kind of fun and mysterious about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that would be a good one for for Eldritch Horror. And Beaujolais is like a young wine too, right? Mm, that's no? Beaujolais Nouveau. Oh, but, excuse, um, me, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not talking Beaujolais uh-huh. Nouveau here. My bad, my bad. We're talking real Beaujolais. My bad. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And yeah. highly recommend checking out the tabletop episode of of probably all of these games, but the one for the ones for Eldritch Horror are really good yeah, and great. really helpful. Patrick Rothfuss is in them. Yeah, and it's it's a like it's a complicated enough game 
and because I'm not I'm not super savvy with board games. I'm getting better now that I now that I've been playing more with Winston and stuff. But um, well, we've been getting savvy at the same time. I didn't like come into this knowing how to do this. No, but you you're quicker at figuring out how the game works than I am generally. Because I watched and, the video tutorial and I'm like Patrick right. Rothfuss told me. Yeah, but but that's what I'm <laughs> saying is is that that's very helpful and um and. You know, it'll take it'll take a little while to learn the rules and and don't worry about that. But it's worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. Because you're playing against the game, so nobody's gonna feel too cheated if you have to be like, wait, oh, I forgot. You know, like you can back yeah. up a turn. Yeah. Or you can I mean, not that you wanna do that necessarily, but nobody's gonna have their feelings hurt if you don't you know, if you don't get it all right away. Yeah. Because you're all playing on the same team. And the fact that there's such a huge storytelling component, I think, makes up for the fact that there's not that sense of opposition because you do still have a heroic quest to go on. It's just that the D&D or the dungeon master instead of a person is like a randomized set of storytelling props. Queen is back, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. She's our little eldritch god down here. Speaking of storytelling games. Yes. How about we talk about a little game that's free on the internet and requires no other mechanic than your basic game of Jenga. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is called Dread. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is maybe my favorite storytelling game ever. Proceed. Well, talk about D&D in a box, kind of, except it's not really a box. It's, um, so the idea of Dread is that basically it's, um, it's supposed to be horror-based, I think. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a choose-your-own-be-horror movie, sort of. Yes. Right? Or it's like, basically, instead of a whole campaign, it's designed to be like a one-off yeah, it's basically like a D&D, one-off. But it's a horror movie. But You're it's a horror, horror movie, movie, and instead of rolling dice, you pull from a Jenga tower. Yeah, that's the only mechanic in the game. Yep. Is you have your character sheet, and instead of um, rolling for any stats or anything, mm-hmm. you you talk about your character's like hopes and fears and strengths and weaknesses, right? And there's a and all of this is free, by the way. The manual yeah. and the character sheets and everything are available for free. On the internet, just search Dread the Game, and um, you you download this thing, and whoever's going to be the dungeon master can, you know, send these <laughs> questionnaires to people, and the result of the questionnaires will help you construct the game, and then... For example, if your character is really well, afraid of heights, then you might be like on a cliff somewhere at some mm-hmm. point and you'd have to pull from the Jenga tower because there's no rolling dice. You pull from the tower and if the tower collapses, mm-hmm. you die yeah. or your character is removed from the game. And so yeah. as the as the story goes on, it gets harder and harder to survive. And, it's, and when you rebuild the tower, you remove a certain number of blocks. Oh. So there's a mechanic built in where most of the characters are designed to kind of not make it, depending on how hard you want the story. Interesting. Yeah, because we, ne- we didn't actually get to finish the game. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we you guys got picked sur- up by the spaceship and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah. Winston DM'd a game of Dread a, a couple years ago, and it was so fun. It was so good. 
And um, we should do. Maybe we should maybe do that again. Maybe for yeah. your birthday. Well, this we year. have to have friends again before we do that. Well, we got we I, we've got some friends. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've, we've got we, friends. friends. We definitely, definitely have friends. Friends, friends, friendly friends. Time to meet our friends. Sounds good. We're not. We're not. We're not just sad and lonely. I promise. Maybe a little bit, but. Well, we miss our friends in Colorado. Yeah, no, we 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 were really lucky because our best friends in Colorado lived across the street from us, and so we could we played board games all the time. Um, but before we get on to those games, some of those games that we played, or some more of those games that we played, um, let's talk. Let's figure out a good wine to pair with Dread, because Dread. So it's like D and D. It's a, like a one-off D&D campaign, but with Jenga. So like the stakes are high. I think it has to be a red wine that's like very tannic. Because mm. it's got to be um, and something something kind of weird and unusual about it. And for some reason, a Cabernet Franc is coming to mind for Dread. Because those can be kind of... Or, ooh, ooh, no. Tempranillo. It's got to be Tempranillo. Hey! Yeah. There you go. It's Winston's favorite. Winston's favorite wine for Winston's favorite game. Because Tempranillo is spicy and mysterious and... Yeah. And totally doable in like a night. And totally doable in like a night. Yep. Yep. You want to eat with meat? Yeah. Like a werewolf? (laughs) Or an alien? I really wish that you were a sommelier <laughs> and you could just go up to tables and you're like, this Tempranillo, I mean, it goes great with raw meat. It's going to feel like a cordyceps <laughs> virus plants yeah, yeah. spores in you and a fungus is just emerging from your head. But it's also a spider. That's how it tastes. And I hope you enjoy it. It and... is $450. Oh my God. I'm now, I, if this doesn't exist already, this is going to exist, but like a high end fine dining restaurant that like you go sit at a table and get like an amazing gourmet meal, but you're playing a board game while you do it. Oh, God. I'm sure that must exist, right? Yeah, but it has to if cost like $3,000 to sit there. Probably. Yeah, or something like that. And you're like on the top floor of a huge yeah. building. And they're like, look at all the poor people down yeah, there. Yeah, now yeah, play yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You could do the, the, the scale. I mean, I mean, there are obviously like bars that have board oh, games yeah. and stuff. That's, which I mean, I've been to Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm hip. <laughs> I lived there. <laughs> I'm hip with the young yeah. kids. I know how bocce is played. Yes, yes. Um, I don't. I've seen it played a bunch, but I don't it's know It's like croquet, it except you bowl the balls okay. instead of have a mallet. All right. Basically. Okay. But on your own opposite. It's, I don't it's, I don't need to learn really the dumb. rules of Let's bocce right now. We'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but so, yes, Dread. Amazing. And then what's that other game that we only played once, but it was sort of similar, but there was a book fiasco fiasco oh my god fiasco is so fun yeah that was a really fun one that one you do have a lot of dice rolling in but yeah um, there's 
an infinite number of scenarios to choose from online. And similarly, like, I think there is a book for it, but I think you can get it online. Yeah, and, and you can. And, yeah. And you just pick whatever scenario. Like, there's one that's designed to be in, like, a goblin cave, which is yeah. the one we did. The, oh, yeah, you know, that's right. There's future ones and zombie ones and bad ones and good ones and gangster ones. Will uh, Wheaton did, a like, a gangster one. Oh, yeah, that's you know, right. Like a gangster Hollywood one. And the point of fiasco is is that things are going to end up bad. Yes. And you just figure out how, but the way the game is played is by person-to-person improv scenes. Yeah, it's And at really the end fun. of the scene, the other players award, like... That's right, like, they decide if somebody won. dice or bad yeah, dice. Yeah, and, yeah, um, And that's how that mechanic works after you've determined all the things, and then you roll again at the end after everything blows up, because it's a three-act structure. It really is designed to be told like a yeah. short movie, whereas... Dread is more of like a one-off adventure. Right. And, I mean, the the Dread we did, most of y'all made it out. You yeah, know? yeah, most like, of us survived, like, except for the people who fell asleep. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what happens when you fall asleep during Dread. Um, and in Dread, you have a mechanic. And the person who stole my character. We're not talking about that. Okay. We don't need to drag that in. That you know, if you if you if you care to know that story, let, let me know and I'll and yeah. I'll I'll tell you. Yeah. But but then you have to die, and then I will have to kill you. But there's like there's mechanics like heroic sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, where you're if your character you know you're gonna die. Like if you're worried the tower is about to fall, you can kind of knock the tower down on purpose. And then your character gets like a cool heroic death, right? And then sometimes this is back. This is back to dread. dread. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes they'll incorporate your character back into the story as like a zombie or like now yeah. you're an agent of evil or whatever. Right. So you still get to play. Right. You don't have to like sit in a corner because you're out like in dodgeball. Right. Right. You're you're the point is for everyone to still be in the story. Yeah. As long as yeah. everyone cares to be. Yeah. And. Um, also a really good tabletop episode with Will Wheaton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most show. most of these games there are I I yeah. mean there's there isn't really a bad episode of tabletop yeah. that I, at least not that I've seen yeah. but Although they don't really do the the deck building games which we've That's started true. to get into recently. That's true. Yeah, we've started to do some more deck building games. Well, we've we've been into those for a while. Just like a couple of them. Actually, well, I want to pair. I want to pair a wine with Fiasco, but then we'll get okay. into some of our favorite deck building games. Maybe Fiasco. I feel like I feel like this is the wine we're drinking right now would be a fun this, one for Fiasco. This is an Albarino, right? This is an Albarino, but it's an Albarino from California, mm. so it's nice and quaffable, but it has a little bit. It's also it it's it's unfiltered, so it's got yeah, a little bit of got a little zazz. It's got a little zazz to it. Um, but I feel like it, this is a wine that like makes you laugh. You know how like yeah. some some wine some wine makes you like very serious and like you're in a Russian novel, and yeah. some wine is like just fun. Yeah. And I feel like Albarino is a really good wine to like lift you up. Yeah. Rather than drag you down. Fiasco is like playing the fun parts of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes, very much. That's a great. That's a great description, or at least that's how I felt when we played. Like the you game. may not like Quentin fun. Tarantino, and especially if you don't like Quentin Tarantino, this is your chance to like really make fun of it and, Absolutely. and have a fun cheap time doing so. Absolutely. Especially because these are independent game writers who are really like they're coming up and they're putting this stuff online for free just to yeah. get it out there into the world. Yeah. And that's no, really and cool that's to me. really cool. Yeah. Any sort of any sort of like free gaming 
is is just awesome. Yeah. Okay, before we talk about more of our favorite games, let's take a break to talk about our sponsor for this week, Wink. So, remember that California Albarino that I was just talking about? That was the Field Theory Albarino, and it came from my most recent Wink box. It was super cool, unfiltered, fresh, and apparently all the grapes were harvested at night? I don't know. That's something that even I don't know about. And that's part of why I love Wink, a wine subscription service that cares about quality and education. These are not your run-of-the-mill factory-produced wines. They are wines that have character, and Wink makes sure that you have all the resources to learn more about the juice that you're drinking. And beyond quality and education, I love the flexibility that Wink provides. There are no fees, and you can skip any month, or your credits will accumulate. After you take the initial, short palate quiz, you can choose from Wink's recommendations or search from their wide selection. There are so many fun bottles, and if you use our code to try it out, I will be happy to send you some of my personal recommendations for my favorite Wink wines. And speaking of our promo code, right now, Wink is offering our listeners $22 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash pairingpodcast. And it gets even better. I know you hate paying for shipping. I certainly do. So Wink will actually pay for your shipping on orders of four bottles or more. So take something off your to-do list. Just go to trywink.com slash pairingpodcast to get $22 off your first order now. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash pairingpodcast. And now... Back to the show. But let's talk about some deck building games. And rather than let's talk about them it. all individually, well, we can talk about them individually, but I wanted to list the ones that are our favorites. One that you got for me when I was kind of first getting into board games a few years ago. And we haven't played this in a while, but we played it a lot for a while was Smash Up. Yes, love that. Smash Up we is. We should play it again. We should. It's super fun. Super it's, easy. It's one. Fun, it's one that it's party game. Basically. Yeah, it, it's less fun with just two people, but you can play it with just two people. But it's more fun if you have at least three, I would say. Yeah. But basically, the premise of Smash Up is that you there are are different decks of different like magical races or magical species they're more like they're like film tropes almost yeah it's some like of them aliens are... pirates yeah. ninjas dinosaurs wizards pirates robots robots yeah. yes yes that's mu- that's a much better description um and and so what you get to do is at the beginning of each game every person picks two of these and you smash up the deck so you so you shuffle the decks together yeah. and you play as and basically each each deck has like a a sort of like trick or special ability yeah every everybody's got and, a gimmick but and, it's everybody's got a gimmick but so like the part of the fun and part of what makes this game so replayable is that like combining there's all you know, not an infinite, but there's many different combinations of decks. Plus that a you ton can... of expansions. That yeah, you just add in exactly. So we have the like sci-fi expansion. Yeah. So there's like a Star Trek, Star Wars. What's called like please discontinue? Because oh right. It's all like they can't call it Star Wars or Star Trek or right, right. Uh, Transformers. It's like you know. Go figure bots mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. space knights 
and, and there's a Game Star of Thrones Adventures. and there's a Game of Thrones deck in there too. Yeah, I forget what they called it. The Game of Thrones deck is kind of lame to play with because it's all just about like you can't really win with the Game of Thrones you switch deck. Switch things out. It's weird. It, you can't really win with the Game of Thrones deck. You can just mess with other people. It's not even as good as a Blue Magic deck. Don't even give me that. Yeah, listeners. Okay, okay, okay. So that's Smash Up. Super fun, really easy. Super fun, really easy. Um, I guess I guess I'll just pair a wine with it. I feel like like a like a sparkling rosé is a go. good one with Smash yeah. Up because it's fun, it's easy. You can replay it pretty quickly. Like you can or like a sangria even. Yeah, actually, a sangria would be great with Smash Up. Yeah, it's nice and fun you could, you and fruity. Because and... you don't need any board or anything. Because everything you're competing yeah. for, it's all card shit. So you play it out like on a garden table. Yeah. And just... Yeah. I'm, no, it's... I'm alien fairies and I'm robot wizards. Yeah, yeah and that's and, basically how the game goes. Yeah, and it's and it's fun. Um, and so that would that one was a good one for me to like learn how deck building games work. But another another one that we like a lot is called Dominion, right? Which is a little bit. That's like a real. Like, yeah. Smash Up is like take two decks of cards and smash them together. Yeah, it's actually not Dominion technically a deck like building build game. build a deck. Yeah, yeah, Because you have to yeah. keep buying more cards and your deck yeah. gets bigger and bigger and bigger until somebody wins. Yeah. Um, and it is also super fun, but it's a little less replayable, I would say. And it's also one that's much more fun with more people. Yeah. It's way more fun with more people, and I think unless you're going to buy some of the expansions, like the basic one is sort of... it's. It, look, if you're very into optimizing your math and being yeah. crunchy and spending a limited amount of resources to get to, you know, to, to, to get exponential really fast, then base dominion is all you. Yeah. Otherwise, like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we've enjoyed playing yeah, it. Yeah, it's fun We've, to we've play, had fun. But but it's we... more fun with more people because otherwise you're like, well, I'm buying this. I'm buying yeah, that. I'm buying yeah. this. I'm buying that. But one that we have discovered recently and we've been really into and playing a lot is one that's sort of similar to Dominion but has a lot more variation yeah. to it. Um, and that's a game called Ascension. Also a ton of expansions. ton of expansions, but even the base deck, I feel like, is fun because the way way it works, and, like, to get into all the mechanics of how the two different games work differently, I'm not going to get into that, but basically Dominion is, like, you're trying to take over a medieval court, you know, or, and while Ascension is more, it's a little bit more kind of, like, you're like fighting demons for glory or something. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're building an army. Similar mechanics. Yeah. But um, but it has like the flavor of Magic the Gathering. And, yeah, and the, yeah. And the different parts of Ascension map a lot pretty easily onto the different colors of mana in Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dominion mm-hmm. is very like, you're building a house, you're building a castle, you're buying a thing, right. you're buying right. a knight. You right. know? Whereas Ascension is like, now you have the two-bladed terror. And, and what I... You get all the flavor text and yeah. the, the art is really cool. And... and what I like about Ascension is because I'm not like, like I'm not a poker player. And so I don't, I like don't do odds in my head very well or anything and but what i like about ascension is yeah you can like make a choice at a certain point in the game to like 
go in a certain direction. But if you end up not going in that direction necessarily, like you haven't lost, you know, and so, and there, and it's really, it, 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 there's a lot of variation to it and it feels more replayable than Dominion or at least, at least on its own, like Dominion with the expansions maybe would be more Yeah, and I don't know exciting, about that. But, um, but also a huge difference is in Dominion, it's like this part of your turn, you buy stuff. This yeah. part of your turn, you do stuff. Yeah. And in Ascension, it's all sort of fungible. Yeah. It's like you've got money and you've got power to fight things. But all of that can be split up various yeah. ways, and you're all pulling from like a central deck mm-hmm. of things that that is randomized. Whereas in Dominion, you've decided the ten different yeah, kinds of cards right. you you're can s- get you're from the beginning. You're stuck with the kind of so, cards that you have. You know, like you can choose to buy a barracks or a market, but but, but that's, that's it. That's like, it. Yeah. Like if you take the market, uh, uh, a dragon's not going to come out. Whereas in right. Ascension, right. there's that there's kind of randomization You don't know factor. what's going to happen next. Exactly. And so to, yeah, I think that's the main You combine difference. the flavor with the strategy with the randomization, yeah. and it's it's a little it's a little bit more casual, at least in, initially for us in our mm-hmm. thing, because I know mm-hmm. they do tournaments, and I'm sure people have oh, munchkined yeah. it to the max. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It all the way. I'm sure. But we just kind of have fun being like, oh, and you got a dragon? Cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, this is my, you know, life plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just fun. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is that there's, in, in Ascension, there's four kind of, what would you call them? Like, like factions? Factions, yeah, within, yeah. within the cards. And um, one is Mechana. So kind of like robots, robots, like steampunky. Yeah, very steampunky. Um, one is lifebound. So, so like druids, druidy kind of. Yeah. yeah, like earthy creatures. Void, which is my favorite, who which are like, like the dark shadow. Like yeah, demon. yeah. They're I, I guess they'd be sort of like monks or or like. And then the enlightened, they're like like Buddhist monks. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, those are more like. But they map monks, pretty but. evenly onto like void is. Black mana, enlightened is uh, white mana or blue mana because there's only four of them and there's more colors. Than I never magic. played Magic the Gathering, Mechana, so I don't get any of this. Mechana is like red, and then Lifebound is is Earth because it's just about like growing bigger yeah. and bigger and yeah. bigger. Yeah. But they don't really. Quite, I guess enlightened is also sort of like light mana or white mana. But they they sort of map onto those mm-hmm. different archetypes mm-hmm. of Magic: The Gathering, and they all have flavor text, and you know, yeah, so it feels very much like a low low investment kind of like Magic: The Gathering that you can just replay over and over again. It's really fun. Totally. Okay, so I think I have a I have good pairings for Dominion and Ascension. I think that Dominion is like a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. From Italy, because Montepulciano's are usually just like really like trustworthy wines. Like they're never going to be mind-blowingly good, but they're usually not terrible. That makes sense. Um, the 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 alternate the, the kind of white wine version of that that I've talked about before is Verdejo from Spain. I've often said what my line with Verdejo is, I've never had one that blew my mind, but I've never had one that I didn't like. What's so, the Debruzzo part, though? So, okay, so the Montepulciano, so it's <laughs> it's this fun thing that Italy decided to do where Montepulciano is both a grape and a place. 
the grape Montepulciano usually comes from the place Abruzzo. So you call it Montepulciano d'Abruzzo because, uh-huh. um, and they're usually fairly inexpensive, you know, like kind of spicy, but not usually not too much tannin or, or like too high acidity to them. Usually some acidity, but not too bad. They're just kind of, you know, good Italian quaffable wines. Then the place Montepulciano is in Tuscany, and if there's, uh, if you if you see um, like a, oh my God, what's it called? Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, that's made from Sangiovese. Now to actually, why don't I just make this connection? Well, I think that um, maybe Ascension is more like a Vino Nobile di, Mon- di Montepulciano which is a Sangiovese. So that's the grape that Chianti and Brunello are made from. And generally speaking, if you <laughs> if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, if you have, I'm sorry because Wine I won't involved. I won't shut up about this grape Sangiovese. <laughs> it's the only one that I dedicated a whole episode to so far. But so Sangiovese is my personal favorite and I feel like those are wines that have a little bit more complexity to them. There's a lot of variation between Sangioveses. And so I feel like that's a good wine to pair with Ascension because it's um, it's trustworthy. It's fun. There's variation to it, but it's usually trustworthy and good. Um, you can spend as much money or as little money as you want exact, and probably still be satisfied. Exactly, exactly. While the Montepulcianos, the Montepulciano d'Abruzzos, those are, you know, usually all just fine. You know, I've had a few Montepulcianos that I was like, oh, these are really good. And I've had a couple that I was like, I don't like this. But for the most part, you know, 90% of Montepulcianos are just like, this is good. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about Dominion. And I've, I've said this before, but when I used to work at an Italian restaurant, the like mm-hmm. what we poured at banquets and stuff, you know, if somebody had a christening or, or wedding or something, like... We just had bottles of Montepulciano, like the kind you can get for $10 or $12 exactly, at, exactly. at the liquor store. And that was just the standard wine. And we that we just went around with like a Montepulciano. I don't know what the white was. I was a mm-hmm. little unschooled then. But, mm-hmm. you know, I went around with my, my little top knot ponytail pouring Montepulciano. I didn't know him. I didn't know him during the top knot phase. I just wanted to clarify that. Anyway, but yeah, I, I usually like I... <laughs> When I often have my friends text me or something and they're like, ah, I'm at a wine store or a bar. Like, I don't know what to buy. And they'll like send, usually send me a picture of the menu or something. And if there's a Montepulciano on there, I'm like, yeah, get that. Because that's probably, you know, safe that it's good and it's usually not too expensive. So um, so that's so that's Montepulciano. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple last games, one in particular that we haven't talked about. That's uh, one of my favorites, which is. Betrayal. betrayal how did you know? I don't know how did you know um know. is it because we played these games together i'm the betrayer maybe <laughs> so we actually don't own betrayal at the house on haunted hill uh which is the original we have betrayal Cut. fuck yeah now i'll be talking to you about betrayal <laughs> on house on haunted hill oh no i have been betrayed <laughs> that's sort of like how it happens yeah me. yeah yeah well, Please so proceed. Uh, Betrayal is super fun. It, it, again, so the first one, Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill, is also 
kind of based on B horror movie tropes. Yeah. And there's like 50 different ways that it can go. You're exploring and Haunted House. You're one of like five weird characters. You're like the jock the or the like precocious explorer kid or, or the a professor. Woman. Yeah. And, and you like build rooms as you go, and each room you encounter, a different thing happens until finally this until massive event called the haunt occurs. And, and it's basically. And yeah, and it's revealed that one of you is a traitor and you have to go off in a separate room and read your instructions based on how it happened about what you are trying to do. And then and then everybody else has their own set of instructions of they don't get to know exactly what your goal is, but they get some information about how they can possibly defeat you. And some of them are really like some of them are very much I I feel like pointed in the direction of the betrayer like some of them it's really hard to beat the betrayer and some of them it's the opposite and also some of them are just like silly like there's one where all the people who aren't the betrayers are shrunk down to the size of mice oh yeah the house is being invaded by cats and (laughs) to escape you and your mice (laughs) friends have to assemble a toy airplane and like fly it out the window of the house but there's ones where the house oh is like God. sinking into the sea, and then there's ones where like the betrayer is a demon lord, yeah, or or has raised a mummy, you know, yeah. or something like that. And so it, it's super fun. Um, and Fury of Dracula is uh, the people who made Eldritch Horror, but it's it, it's in a similar vein. Fury mm-hmm. of Dracula does have a betrayer thing where Got it. it's everyone else against Dracula. Gotcha. So gotcha. like you play as Van Helsing and Mina Harker, right? And, Lord Godalming and uh-huh. all those people. Uh-huh. And then there's one player who's Dracula and has a totally different mechanic for the whole game. And everyone else is just trying yeah. to guess where Dracula is the whole time. By the way, this is about Sorry. a year and a half too late. But in, in our Dracula episode, and shockingly, no one, I think, has uh, explained this or corrected this. But we talked in, in the Dracula episode. You were confused about why they call why they call Lord Godalming Arthur Holmwood in the movie. It's because his his name is Arthur Holmwood, Lord Godalming, in the book. I figured this out you know, later. Be crazy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was a little uh, throwback. If you haven't listened to the Dracula episode, go listen to that and listen to my episode on our friend John Paul Sorelli's podcast celluloid bastards about the francis ford coppola listen that's a wonderful episode it's very fun very it's very fun i have a lot of thoughts about dracula in its many forms also so. we need to get an excalibur episode onto there real quick <laughs> well he's only doing 90s movies right now is that from 89 didn't we, it's from didn't early it's from the early episode? it's from the early 80s <sighs> yeah early early 80s mm, it's at least 82 or 83 i think or maybe 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 it's a little you. later but i think Okay, now I have to look this up. 84 latest. Or, uh, no, 84 earliest, I'm going to say. Okay, let's see. Huh. We're getting a little sidetracked, but it's important. I like to call it a lesson in British yelling. I mean, <laughs> I like to call it the greatest bad movie ever made. British? 1981, bitch! Oh! <laughs> Oh, it is the old wound, my king. Yeah. It's never healed. Bum, bum. 
Fortuna. Oh, Fortuna. Okay, we're going to save that for its right. own episode. Yep. 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 <laughs> okay, but uh, where were we? We're talking about Betrayal. Yeah. Um, there's also another version of Betrayal called Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which is basically the D&D version of Betrayal. I have to say, so far, I mean, it's really fun because you get to play as, like, a dwarf, an orc, a halfling, a half-elf, a human, or a, or, you know, like, there's, it's very, it's very fun in that sense, but I feel like the game is not quite constructed as well as um, Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill. No, I think because it's trying to, like, where where the original Betrayal is just, like, here's all these, like, old horror movie tropes we can pull off. Yeah. Betrayal at Baldur's Gate is trying to take the best of D&D scenarios. Yeah. And there are specifically Baldur's Gate confined scenarios. Right, right. And so they're trying to stay within that lore so they have less to work with. The one cool thing is that the characters you get get special superpowers. Yes, without that the, is very, without having very to fun. get them from exploring, which in the yeah. game you can get cool powers and weapons and stuff, right, but you have right. to explore to get them. Right. In Baldur's Gate, if you're like that if you're the wizard you have mage hand or whatever you have right. like like yes. magic arrow yeah you get you get like spells or abilities that you would yeah. have in D&D but um it's it's super fun but it's just like a little bit messier i feel like a, a, a couple games we've played of it have been just like super fun and then there was one i think actually a game i played I without there. yeah you weren't there i was just playing with andrew and sarah but it was like really unclear like something was very unclear about like what was going on so so that was that was a little disappointing but but okay so let's think what's a good what's a good wine to pair with let's let's just stick with betrayal at the house on haunted hill because that's i feel like it should be a kind of a wine that you like a port or something like mm, where where the mm-hmm. bad guy swirls it in his or her absolutely. hand absolutely so or a, their hand. some sherry perhaps yeah sherry a yeah. port yes. or something like yes yes a nice fortified you know, wine like ah oh, i made it to the library it's very yes, yeah it's very did. clue also yeah exactly um, so what wine is uh, tim 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 Curry. Curry drinking. There you go. Ooh, Tim Curry. Yeah. Tim, he's, Tim, Tim Curry. He's, he's probably drinking some sherry, I yeah, think. Tim Curry would drink some sherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to watch Clue again. That's a great film. Wonderful film. Clue is also one of my favorite board games. Yeah. What As a child, I loved, loved Clue. And we have, oh, this is going to be a good segue. Um, we have the Firefly version of Clue based on the Firefly uh, TV show. And we could talk about that in a second, but the last game that I definitely wanted to mention for our friend Sarah, who I've mentioned before, our our very good friend who plays board games with us, um, she loves the Firefly board game, which sort of like Eldritch Horror is very involved and like you have to commit like a full day to it pretty much. But there's no cooperation. No cooperation. You are fighting against each other. Spaceship crews. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a different goal every time, which is cool. It's very replayable in that way. Yes, absolutely. Because um, sometimes it's a race. Sometimes you have to be pirates at each other. Sometimes yeah. you're smuggling things, you know. But And there's lots of mechanics to keep track of. But it really is a very replayable, fun kind of yeah. D&D in a box game. But if you wanted it to be more like 
like one of those uh, like League of Legends, say, or mm. like StarCraft where you're all kind of fighting against each other mm. kind of deals, then you can do that. And there's like the random elements of the Reavers and the Alliance yeah. chasing you. And it's and, and it's, it's definitely cool. one it's, it's definitely cool. one like it's a really fun game, but it you probably will appreciate it a whole lot more if you like Firefly. Or yeah. you have seen Firefly yeah. because so much of it is based on the show and like expands upon the show. Although the so... mechanics make perfect sense on their yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, just... it's it's playable on its own, the but it just kind of. The flavor is not going to exactly. be as fun. Exactly. So, um, so that's so that's kind of the last one that I was thinking of. Um, though I do want to give something. I do want to give a. A pairing to Clue because Clue Clue was my favorite game. You have to give three different pairings to Clue because the film ends three different. I ways. know, I know. Though the the but the, the just the game Clue. Okay. But so but so Firefly the game. I mean, I do want to do a whole Firefly episode at some point because Definitely. Firefly is the best. But um, <laughs> let's see, something gone before its time. So some wine that you wanted to last a lot longer than it did. Um, probably that wine that you brought and to the Catan game and didn't want to actually share, but it got finished. Because <laughs> <laughs> you left it out by the sprinkler. Ah. Garden hose. But yeah, I feel like Firefly is a game where you've got to bring your own like tankard of of something to drink. Because yeah. it's a long game, so you're going to need to drink some stuff. But... Also, you want to stay sharp, so you don't want it to be too intoxicating. And, um... And... So, cores. Yeah. <laughs> We're, I laugh because that is actually what one of our friends brings to most, uh, most gatherings, but also most board game nights. Just, just a case of cores. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, uh... I, I don't want to say Vino Verde because I think that's too light for Firefly, the board game. But it is one that's nice and low in alcohol, and so you can you can just kind of sip it slowly, and it won't bother you too well, much. Well, sake, that's thematically appropriate. You, well, it's mm, kind of. it's Isn't it Chinese? Well, yeah, it's, it's Chinese, more Chinese. Chinese American culture, but, like, I, I mean, rice, rice wine, I imagine, probably makes its yeah. way in there. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Except sake is... Much higher in alcohol, and so that'll knock you out. Yeah, pretty but you quick. drink it in small cups. Yeah, I guess. Okay, okay. Drink all it right. in cups. All right, all right. Yeah. Actually, I like I this. I apologize for my racism. Yeah, yeah. This is my Jane. Yeah. I'm doing my Jane impression. You're doing your Jane impression. Small um, cup. I actually, okay, if, you, if you're if you my problem is with sake, is with the small cups, is that I just like drink them too quickly. <laughs> but if you can pace yourself and just like drink a small cup every so often, I think that sake works for Firefly for sure. And then with Clue, which was my favorite game when I was seven years old and I would make my parents play with me endlessly. Hmm. Let's see. And with the movie also. Who did you always want to be? I was No, I was always Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard? <laughs> yeah. God, I love you so much. He was my favorite. <laughs> Was Professor Plum. Yeah, that does not surprise me one bit. Yeah. You kind of look like Professor Plum. I'll take it. Yeah. And like Christopher Plummer. Is the, no, no, not Christopher, Christopher, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Even better. Sorry. 
Yeah, they weren't all just named after I know. who they were. And Michael McKean was Mr. Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tim Curry in that movie is so good. So good. Madeline Kahn is Mrs. White. Mm-hmm. And I forget... Oh, my God. I'm forgetting the name of the woman who plays Miss Scarlet. And Miss Peacock. And Miss Peacock. And the guy who plays Colonel Mustard. He was in a bunch of stuff. I recognize... They I, like, all are. I know. But I, like, I see him in my brain. Anyway, uh, you know, let us know. I'll look it up in a minute. But... But so I think I think for Clue, again, because it's sort of like replayable and you get to pick different characters. Champagne! Champagne! Yes, actually, that is, that's actually perfect. Won't because, you join me in the parlor? Exactly. Because, some champagne? Yes, well, okay. I'm glad you all couldn't see that because that was really creepy. <laughs> the way. It? Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I think champagne is a perfect, perfect pairing for, or just spark, let's say sparkling wine in general because there's so many different kinds of sparkling wine. So depending on how fancy you're feeling or who you want to play in this game of Clue, um, it could be cava, it could be prosecco, it could be, uh, it could be franciacorta, it could be just a regular old sparkling from somewhere, or it could be true champagne. And I think that's, uh, I think that's perfect. Okay. I think that's a lot of games that we've covered. There you go. There's a gazillion more out there, so let me know. And we're always looking for more more games. We're, yeah. We have a whole game room. Right now, it's more of a kind of repository for stuff we don't know what to do with. Shh, but, 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 we also have some shelves for games in there. That's true. So, um, and and it's very cold right now because it's it's basically our garage. Yeah. And we need so, to get some space heaters. Yeah, we could get some space heaters. But then in the in the summertime, in the spring and summertime, it'll be not so bad, and we can yeah. actually play games in there. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, this was really fun. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's whether Day. you care about it or not, we love you. We are your Valentine. Yeah, we love you all. We do. And we will send you a box of chocolates and a bottle of wine emotionally today. And I hope that you get to play some fun board games with people that you love. And that can be in whatever capacity. Cheers. Cheers. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.